Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Welcome to another episode of Heart Empowered Women Radio. My name is Clarice Connolly and it's been a couple months. We did a little transition. We worked from WS Radio now to our own studio inside of Accomplishment Media, which is super exciting. And today I thought I'd get extra fancy and call in remotely. So I have a remote guest and I'm also sitting in the comfort of my own home, sitting next to my beautiful little French bulldog. Um, And I just couldn't be more excited to be back on air and to bring you some great empowerment content. Um, Again, I'm a life coach inside of sunny San Diego. I support individuals worldwide in really coaching them through their business, bringing their heart back into their relentless pursuit for success and financial stability and bringing people back into their bodies and living an empowered life and following their passions and really being on this podcast to bring you more possibility, to bring the kind of conversations we should be having more places, more often with everyone in our life. And from any kind of topic from boundaries to you know, having loving confrontation and taking care of yourself. So today, with no further ado, I am so excited to welcome you to the microphone. We have Erica Forrest, or Erica Forrest, and to explain a little bit about her, she sent me this amazing bio, and I can't wait. So for her to explain herself and to summarize who she is, she believes in the power of knowing and loving yourself. Erica sees beauty in ordinary things and has an artistry and creative side. While earning a bachelor's in health administration, Erica found an immense lack of attention towards sexual health and so began my journey, her journey, in, into sex education. So she started out studying under Dr. Melissa Jones of Sexual Institute in Texas and quickly jumped into getting certified with Sex Coach U under Dr. Dr. Patty Payton and Dr. Susan Kay, founder of Institute for Mind Body Therapy. In her eyes, sexuality is such a fun- fundamental part of us as human beings and is at the root of what makes a person who they are. Through her work, her endeavor is to unlock situations that keep one from sexual fulfillment by normalizing natural human sexual behavior. Welcome to the mic. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women, Erica Force. Thank you. I am so excited to have you on. This is definitely a topic that we haven't touched on. And I just want to like jump right in. Like what is the thing, like what is the core of sex or sexual health that really lights you up, that you're most passionate about? Well, I think the thing that really stands out to me is that it's different for everyone and no one situation is the same, not even with the same person. Um, And where my love for this really began is 
way back when I started being sexual and kind of figuring out my own who I was as a sexual being, um, I wish I had someone in a non-biased form that I could sit and have these communi- the conversations with and mm-hmm. get the knowledge um, from. And so that's, kind of, that's, I mean, my hope for myself and creating this is really being that someone for someone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. And if you don't mind sharing with us, like what's the specifics? Like what's the thing that you wish that you had someone there to support you with that was non-biased? So my, I actually grew up in a pretty sex positive household with a single mother and she was very forthcoming um, with any questions we had. She would answer. She felt as though if you were adult enough to be asking the questions, then she would be honest to answer those. And of course, she didn't want me learning false information, you know, in the girls' bathroom, you know, talking. Oh, um, thank God. <laughs> so, uh, the crazy thing is that once I actually became sexually active, I stopped asking her the questions and I stopped going to her. And that was when I needed it the most. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think at that point, it was just such a vulnerability. And although my mom was very okay with and open, it was still, I just wasn't comfortable there. And so having that Mm -hmm. person to talk and discuss, is this normal? Is it right to feel this way? How do I communicate this to my partner Uh, would have been really helpful. And honestly, I would have loved to... I started becoming sexually active at 15. So I started getting pap mm-hmm. smears at that age. Mm-hmm. And it was such a scary venture that I wish I had a support and someone to be that in-between communication of what does these things mean that my doctor is telling me but not having the time to communicate and sit down and talk to me about. I so, love that. Yeah, that's really where a lot of that passion comes from. So yeah, jumping into our title today, we're going to have it be Don't Yuck My Yum. Give me an example of where you've experienced people just yucking your yum. And what does that mean? Yeah. So Don't Yuck My Yum comes from a place I think of discomfort um, and lack of education or knowledge on a specific topic uh, and subject. So In my classes, I start them with this actual title of make sure not to yuck anybody else's yum. And if it's not something that you do or understand, that's where a great conversation can start. And um, I mean, over the course of the four years that I've been doing this and the discoveries I've made about myself and the things that I like, and then communicating that to people. A lot of the times I've gotten one of those like cringing faces. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And which is okay because I have to allow people time to process through in their own emotions and ways. However, you don't have to, you don't have to do it, but you have to hold room for 
what other people's interests are and their, their taste is. So I really love the don't yuck my yum because everybody's different and that is okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that too. And it's, it's really interesting. I, I love to, we've talked a little bit and you've mentioned, you know, there's this, like we evolve as human beings in so many ways, shapes and forms. And I think we can both identify that both of our sexualities have indeed evolved. And there's this thing that's happening in our culture where everyone can embrace what it is they identify as, put themselves in a box, not in a box, put like be who they are sexually and be loud and proud about it. And I really like, I'm absolutely a huge fan. I want to dive into that too, of like, what has been your experience of males and females and in, in heterosexual relationships and bisexuality and really like jumping in there and let's just like hit the ground running with the rest of it. Sure. Um, so I, Oh, I think there was a lot, like, I mean, in my own personal life. Um, so I'm definitely an advocate of working and teaching through things that I've lived out in my own personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love connecting with other people who are going through that as well and helping them find their happy. Um, I, my goodness, I think for the longest time, just fighting through the idea that I could love just any person and not be put in that box mm-hmm. for myself, you know, cu- breaking through that in a society 15 years ago was like, no. <laughs> um, and it really took my partner who I'm with now and have been with the last 10 years to help bring that out in me um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. them as well. Um, so we are a heterosexual couple who both identify as bisexual and that, I mean, growth between the two of us has been amazing. Um, but not without its, its rough patches and having people give us a sideways look. Um, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. our biggest support has been finding our community which I'm very thankful and where we live now is growing exponentially in a very conservative town. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been really, really interesting and amazing to watch. There's two things that come up. One, I I know I want to address before I keep stepping over it is like what capacity and what in ways do you educate? Like, are you on an online school? Are you an in-person? Like how do people locally, not locally get a hold of you to be educated by you in this regard? Absolutely. So I work, um, in town, we can meet in person. I do classes, I do one-on-one education. And then I also offer messaging and Skype, uh, phone calls. I try and be as accessible as possible um, to fit where you are in your comfort zones. Because I know that there's a lot of times um, having these discussions about your sex and sexuality, looking someone face to face isn't quite there in a comfort zone yet. And that's okay. 
Mm -hmm. So we can always build up to that, um, mm -hmm. whether it's starting messaging, then phone calls, then meeting in person. So I try and be as flexible as possible for your comfort. So. Absolutely. And you said the city. Which city do you live in? San Antonio, Texas. Nice. All right. And for those that are, how can we get a hold of you? I know that we have, you have an Instagram handle, which is sexual lectual. Mm -hmm. and tiny little letter, tinyletter.com forward slash sexual lectual. Yeah. In, ca in case you're not great at spelling like I am, it's at S-E-X-U-A-L-L-U-C-T-U-A-L. Perfect. So I didn't want to step over that because you mentioned it a couple of times now and anyone who's interested and wants to dive in. I mean, that's the entire intention of my podcast is like, how do we get women that are empowered in what they're doing and the lifestyle that we're living to also support and empower others who like exactly what you said, like this is the power of the work. Like yeah. you have this desire, you have this passion, you have this intention and how can you find your community, your tribe, your um, group to belong yeah. into. And inside of that, we really get to flourish like as human beings, we're not meant to do things alone and the power of possibility and the, and the things that can unfold when we do find those like-minded individuals is yeah. exponential. Absolutely. And I mean, sex and sexuality is such a root of who we are as human beings. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, such, it's not a conversation that people just sit and, you know, during dinner openly... <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're at a dinner with me, then <laughs> yeah, yeah, then game, game on. <laughs> so How? it's wanting to normalize that conversation. It's right. okay, you know. Right, absolutely. And how would you say, like, what was it? How did you get started in finding your tribe? Like, where did you look? Like, what were the conversations that you were having? Like, where can people start to look? Um, let's start there. Sure. Uh, so. One, I'm, my whole thing is go for the hobbies, find the people and the hobbies that you enjoy. They don't have to be obviously sexual, but if you find common interests in other parts of your life, um, then I think this is an easier segue into kind of someone getting to know really who you are and mm -hmm. multiple w capacities. And mm -hmm. so being able to then kind of move into having those conversations. What I find is that when you start it, start talking about sex, most people want to then just open up into oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. 100%. So it's just kind of having, it's a big step out. And um, most of us, I mean, we were not raised in a sex positive household, whether it's cultural um, and kind of being your own brave little soldier in that, you know, mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. is your way in, um, mm -hmm. just start the conversations and people will let you know. And I always ask people, you let me know your boundaries. I'm a person who loves to ask questions. So if I hit on a situation that you're not comfortable discussing, you just let me know. And I don't take that as anything other than you're just not going to go there. Mm -hmm. 
so we definitely need to understand where we set our boundaries and respecting other people's boundaries in the conversation of sex and sexuality. I love that. I love that so much. I'm definitely, we're two peas in the pod. I'm always known for not as, okay. I mean like crossing boundaries, but in the sense of like, I want to openly ask everyone, like I'm an open book. I want to like ask you and until you say, Hey, I'm not comfortable saying that or answering that it's like oh I didn't know sorry I didn't realize people have those kind of boundaries yeah it's great because there the quote comes up to me of like nothing ventured nothing gained like if we don't ask the question if we don't bring up like the you know and follow that curiosity then we'll never know yeah absolutely And the thing is, when you get into those kind of conversations, you start to really realize that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who may have the same questions, curiosities, concerns that you do. And then there we go. We've started to find the people who we can be our authentic selves around and we can have those discussions with. And then your support system grows and... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm you eventually those people start to kind of flock to you and Mm -hmm. you to those people. um, And then you start to create this community all over the world. I mean, it's pretty. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think that that's, um, I, I think that that's so profound. Like we, we can get so caught up, um, and like, how do we even get started and I just hear in what you're saying is just like whether it's having that safe conversation with your closest best friend and like practicing talking that way and then maybe practicing with another friend. And, you know, I always do this like scale where I'm like, OK, if your best friend is like a level zero on like this isn't hard and like maybe having that conversation with your like significant other is like a level 10 or like your parents are a level 10. It's like how can we take one step today with someone we feel safe enough to like have that conversation with? And it's like just practicing flexing that muscle. Like if we can just practice with one person, we can see that their reaction is like, hey, they love us no matter what we like. And then we can try the next person, right? And notice like, hell yeah, wow, I didn't know that they wouldn't care. Cool, right? And then we can start having more and more conversations and maybe they advocate on our behalf and they start to connect us with people that they also met that also like whatever it is. And you really grow your community. Like you really can grow your tribe. And I love, you know, I'm a huge advocate of resources. I'm sure that there are websites or Facebook groups or groups out there that you can find and and also be loved and supported inside of. Absolutely. And on a note with that, um, with such access to the internet and so many things being put out there, I do want to note though that there is a lot of misinformation out there as well. And a lot of information that doesn't maybe support um, the healthy aspect of it. And Mm -hmm. I just want people to be mindful of what they're exposing themselves to because this is really about your growth and your acceptance of yourself and things that don't quite um, support that. I want you to be able to differentiate between um what you're putting in yourself as positivity and what you're not um you know because right I mean the support we have 
in that realm, if we're trying to do it alone, just take those baby steps. Um, just something I see, you know, with, with our social medias, there's a lot of things out there that, uh, I want to make sure you're filtering out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so with anything really like proceed with caution and, and yeah. discernment and being able to like listen in and trust yourself is this, you know, what I'm looking for is in an alignment with like what I believe. Right. But so thanks yeah, that air of caution. Of course, because there are, there are some amazing resources out there um, that will cancel those ones out. Mm-hmm. And, and so I kind of love this concept of like, hey, I'm in a committed relationship and I have these desires or fantasies or passions. Like what is a way in which that you've experienced or that you educate others in bringing up that kind of conversation? Absolutely. So I actually, this is one of my favorites um, to work with couples on fantasy or wanting to open up uh, conversations into new alternative lifestyles. Um, so when going into this, there's a lot of, I mean, one knowledge that you should obtain in venturing into anything new. Um, whether it's books or online. And sometimes there people are not out of the gate very comfortable discussing maybe kinkier lifestyles or wanting to try things with someone. And books are a great medium to do so. I get an erotica book for a couple, and I say, go ahead and read through the stories independently. And when there's something that strikes you that maybe you want to try or that is intriguing, highlight and notate that. And when your partner reads that on their own, then you get a little bit better sense of what they like. Um, nice. So, yeah, it gets a conversation going in a, in a direct way, but that you don't have to look face to face and say it out loud just yet if mm -hmm. you're not comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and I find that's really, really fun for couples to do. Um, so that's kind of how I get the conversation going in a, in a very uh, incubator state. I, I just had this question pop up and I don't know if you would know the answer, but um, so by profession, I coach and we have a lot of conversations regard to like, if you're, if you don't have a sex life, you view that as a problem. And then I hear you saying like, have this conversation, read this erotic book and bring it to your significant other. And I'm almost like, if people relate to this as a fix, right? Like, Oh, if we do this erotic novel thing, it'll fix how it goes. Mm -hmm. Do you find that that actually works? Like, I, cause I, I feel like I'm, it's a leading question. And I, I know that that just comes right up for me. Cause I want to be like, don't, if things are going on, don't use this as a fix, but I don't know, right? Like, what's your experience with that? Well, are you, so clarify, it, are you asking if someone, if a couple is not being intimate or if they're not interested in being intimate, will this be a fix? I, I, this is just what popped up. I don't have like an actual example, but if like people are noticing, like, have you found that this supports like creating a stronger bond? 
if they're noticing like there's problems in the relationship in the sexual area. I don't know. Sure. So if there's problems just in the sexual area um, and not in the base core of their relationship, then what I find is that there's a lot of non-conversation happening about sex if Mm. they're not being sexual together. Um, Or like I actually recently just had a gentleman, he said, my wife doesn't want to have sex with me. Um, She's never wanted to have sex with me. And I said, well, was this always or something that came about? And he said, well, no, she's always been like this. And I said, even through dating? And he said, yes. And I said, then why would you choose to marry someone who wasn't matching your sexual, like who you two were as sexual beings? And he said, well, I thought she would change. And that was like, no. (laughs) Um, And a lot of the times I think, people get into relationships and thinking that they're going to change the other person. Um, And Mm -hmm. from the very start, that was not something that aligned for them. Um, So that would be my first question is, you know, did you always know this about your partner? Did you always have a mixed matched sexual uh, preferences or um, desires? And if so, then what was, why did you think that that was just going to change because you're in a committed relationship or you got married or you had a baby? Right. Um, so. I like that. That makes me think of um, one of the first like serious relationships I was ever in. It was like my first love. I remember I watched the movie Eyes Wide Shut and like mm-hmm. that, that movie just stuck with me so deeply and I just was like wow like how amazing would that be and I like didn't know how to bring it up and I like pretended I had this dream and I just rolled over one day it was like wow I just had a such an erotic dream and I just was like oh my gosh like wouldn't that be so cool and he like didn't talk to me for a whole day and I just thought like all right all right maybe not so um <laughs> and on that you know, Right, I know. We'll go to commercial break and I'll go right back into a little bit more about my experience, about what working with Erica can support you with and where else we could go from here in the next 30 minutes of this podcast. So welcome to Don't Back Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. 
Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner, the book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and eBooks are sold, and visit HarrietLerner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. All right, and welcome back to the second half of Don't Yak My Yum. I am so excited. We're working through some really awesome technical stuff as I'm learning how to be remote. So pardon our mess. We'll clean that up too. Um, and welcome back to the mic. We have today Erica Force. And we've been talking a little bit about any everything in <laughs> sexual health from... Um, being in a heterosexual relationship, being bisexual, from having conversations to, with your partner, educating yourself, finding your tribe, growing your group. I mean, amazing. This has been so great. Thanks so much for joining and sharing your wisdom with us. If you're interested in finding more or following Erica, she's at on Instagram, at sexuallectual. She also has a website, tinyletter.com forward slash sexual Lectual. She is located in located in San Antonio, Texas. So if you want to take her classes, you want to find out how you can be more educated, reach out to her, connect with her, have conversations. I mean, the recap is just start practicing, practicing a little tiny changes that you can take on and, you know, sharing your desires, writing them down. I mean, for me, it's like, wow. Um, yeah. Whew. Journaling. Journaling has always been my uh, saving grace. You know, you like if it, if you don't feel comfortable having a conversation with a friend yet, like have a conversation with yourself. Like, what yeah. do I like? Yeah. Um, like I was talking about before the break. I mean, I I think I was twenty, eyes wide shut, really, really stuck with me, and I was like, wow, that stuff exists, right? And you know, trying to have that conversation with my significant other at that time. I was super discouraged. I was very shut down, very like, oh, okay, yeah, I shouldn't do that. Got it. Okay, that's fine. Um, and, you know, I think I later up, I might have brought a book that it was like, hey, 365 positions, let's try this. It might be weird. Let's do it, you know, and yeah. still kind of shut down and tried it. But it's like, you know, if you don't keep continuing to like try to stand for your desires or what you believe in, like everyone can shut you down. Right, exactly. And, you know, if it doesn't work, are you still with this person that you oh, 20 no. years <laughs> No, yeah. No, no. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> no, no, no. Absolute great individual. Phenomenal. I, it's, I'm not knocking anyone. I don't have anything bad to say. But anyway. <laughs> but, you know, and sometimes it's just, uh, you know, it's okay that we try and find that connection with someone and through dating, it doesn't work out, right? Dating, we're supposed to 
date through people to find that person who does um, mesh with us on that on mm. multiple levels. I mean, not going to be all levels, um, mm. but mm -hmm. if that sexuality and that sexual connection is a strong one for you and one that you don't want to give up on, then there are definitely people out there who will fulfill, you know, that for you, or at least be open to it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's mm -hmm. something that I don't think anybody should ever give up on if, you know, that's important to them. I know. I, I um, recently met this phenomenal couple and I'm going to like leave everything anonymous because I probably didn't get permission to share, but this couple had been married since 19 in the middle of like the Midwest somewhere. Uh -huh. And at one point, like he, the, the wife picks up that this, that her husband, like maybe trans yeah. and she was so phenomenally supportive of her transition that it's just, it was such, it's the most empowering relationship I've ever experienced in my life. Wow. And the courage that, you know, she had to like stand for what she wanted and the, the, the way in which her wife supported her, like yeah. it's just beautiful. And now they live in a polyamory like world. And it's just like, you know, had she not picked up on that, like had she not had the conversation, like, who knows how much longer like the, there could have been suffering, right? Like, so I love this piece of like, I want to dive into polyamory and, you know, how do people get started? How can people feel safe inside of it? How do you, you know, what, what are your words of wisdom or advice of people who are interested or curious? Absolutely. So, um, that conversation you say, Matt kind of brings me to my mother always told me, um, who you like at 20 and who you are at 20 is not who it's going to be at 30 or 40 mm -hmm. or 50. Mm -hmm. And as human beings, we're ever evolving. So thinking that when you agree to enter a relationship, um, however that looks, that that person's going to be that same exact concrete person for the rest of your lives is really unfair. Um, mm -hmm. So the biggest piece of advice that I have is always keeping those lines of communication and honesty open. And mm -hmm. the thing, the difficult things that are really hard to say are the ones that you need to say the, the most. Uh, yeah. And, and I always hear that too. It's like, okay, I'm all about gradient. So I'm like, okay, if you're the person that's like, I really need to say this very hard thing. <laughs> It's like, how can you practice saying like the easy thing with yeah. your significant other? Like, hey, actually, I don't like mashed potatoes and you make me eat them all the time. I'm really sorry. You yeah. know, like it's like, how can you practice that way so that it feels like you can see how the reaction is like, oh, it feels safe. And you can gain that safety and gain that traction of like, OK, it's it's OK to express myself and like work yourself to that big conversation right. and like quit stepping over it. <laughs> like. It's Whew. not going to be easy. You know, right. this is not right. an easy thing. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. getting into an open lifestyle. Um, it, uh, so my partner and I've been together for 10 years and six years of that relationship, we were monogamous. However, we would break up 
and get back together and break up so that we could experience other people and other situations and things. Um, and really this person is the love of my life. And I mm-hmm. breaking up was doing more damage to us than talking, saying, Hey, I met someone and I want to experience this, this with them. So over time, we, with that raw, honest communication, we were able to step over that hurdle of societal that you can't be in a relationship and also uh, be interested in someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That saying that, oh, you can look window shop is as much as you could go. Well, that's still, I mean... If that's what if that's what's uh, comfortable for you, absolutely. At my parents, I have a monogamous relationship that is absolutely beautiful. However, for me, there's a scale, and like they love going to the strip club together, and hmm. they love my dad loves seeing my mom get lap dances, and then they go home and they use that sexual energy to feel that. their relationship. So I think there's this, you know, monogamous on a great scale of things that you can still be honest and communicating. I am attracted to someone else. Now, what do we do with that as a couple? I, I love that too. And I love like, thank you for sharing. I, I, I feel it feels cliche to say success story, but like, thank you for sharing your relationship and story. Like that's such an inspiration because you know, I can see a lot of people experiencing the closed minded of like, Oh, that wouldn't work. Or, Oh, I'm too jealous or, Oh, I'm too possessive. And I can, I have a great friend who's also been married 10 years and him and his wife have agreed. Like if it's date night, I don't want to meet the person. I don't want to see the person. The rules are don't fall in love. Don't get him pregnant. Don't get an STD. You know, it's like, have fun. And it works. Yeah, It works. And, you know, I, I want to challenge you, you know, if you identify and you're listening, if you're, you know, stuck in that place where it's really hard to talk about, like challenge yourself to color outside the lines. And what I feel like sometimes is the most hardest piece is that it's like we're carrying society's story as if it's our own. Yeah. And it it doesn't actually have to be our story. And just because your parents handed you down this ultra conservative viewpoint of the world or viewpoint of relationships doesn't mean that it has to be yours. And the growing pain inside of that is letting go of it and knowing and trusting that it doesn't, it's not a one size fits all. Right. Absolutely. You know, and even so through my education, um, with becoming a sex educator, you have to work on personally letting go of what's getting you your, what you're stuck on. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was one of my biggest things transitioning through, um, into an open lifestyle was that I wasn't a bad person, that I do love my significant other, and that our value is not placed on whether we're monogamous or not, but how we are to each other, and if we're doing good in the world, and, you know, Mm -hmm. so it, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was definitely a very difficult transition, and it was probably, it took me about a year after just us two figuring out what was going to work for us to then be comfortable telling 
family and friends and um, being open and okay with how they had to process it um, mm -hmm. and really going into explaining that no, there's nothing missing in our relationship that we're trying to uh, fill. And, um, you know, the biggest question I got was, well, why be married? And mm. it was, you know, and so you do have to kind of all these questions um, and things that you're going to be faced with, that is a reality. And a lot of people aren't going to understand and that's okay. Um, but you just have to stand and hold space for each other um, and that support. So... I love that. Like, I really want to underscore the hell out of that. Like the first thing that comes up is like, I love what you're saying is get like, get curious, like be yeah. in the conversation, get educated. What do you like? Like learn about yourself and really get curious. And inside of that, then find someone that you can be open with and trust and connect with and practice and play and try it on for size and with unattachment, right? Like yeah. if it's not this person, your, your sexual mojos don't match, like try the next one. Right. And I hear yeah. that this like beautiful piece of like, until you are so, and not until that feels kind of like, here's a rule and recipe, but it's like, I hear this, like once you are grounded and firm in your belief that this is what resonates for you and this is what path you want to take, like then bring it to whomever, right? Because what you're going to get, like you're expect the ignorance. Yeah. And people are going to throw fire and flames and they're going to throw their uneducated viewpoints and beliefs at you. And that's just them processing. Like, right. like all you have to do is not make it about you and right. you win. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because that's, that's crucial. Like if you are wavering or you are uncertain in your, you know, what you want to do, like, any kind of backlash will totally like yeah, it'll shake you up. Apart, right. Yeah. It'll absolutely shake you up. So there is no rush to hurry up and tell the people, you know, like be you and do what you want to do. And when the timing is right, like, and you're firm in your belief and you've been educated, like, and you've done the personal work. Like I know, uh, I get a lot of people having conversations about swinging and, um, open relationships and this whole, like, oh, I could never do that. I'm so jealous. Right. And as a coach, I hear that I'm jealous, but the context or the bigger thing underneath that is like the fear of abandonment. Right. Right. And you're jealous because you're afraid this person may run away. And it's not a one size fits all. It may not be your story. So I'm not going to like pretend like it is. But when you actually do the work to work on that fear of abandonment, like there's so much at your fingertips that can be accessible to you. Yes. And you, that's what so people like ourselves um, are here for and helping navigate those those obstacles or questions and, you know, having you help you find um, the real truth of those things um, and accomplishing those desires. And so interesting enough my jealousy journey through an open relationship, what I had to overcome was from my childhood and my past. Mm. And I had no idea that that's where that was coming from until I did the work to figure out, okay, why am I triggered here? And what is this, you know, is it really my partner or is it really me? And 
if it's me, where is that coming from? And how do I, you know, where do I go from there? How do I work through that and find um, my growth? Um, the Jealousy Workbook was one of the workbooks that, oh my gosh, was incredible. Um, where do we find it? <laughs> on Amazon is where you can purchase it. Um, nice. And uh, it, it is, it's a very large workbook. But it was something that both myself and my partner went through to be able to know on each other's end, like where, where we were triggered and making our boundaries around what was okay and not okay in our relationship with it being open. Um, mm, you know, trying to see, you're not always going to be able to, okay, like, every situation know what's going to set you off. Sometimes it just randomly, you have no idea what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But having those tools to know how to work through that and communicate together is what really, really, um, I mean, made it possible. That's so great. Cause I love that. Like I always just want to bring the spirit of play into this, like the spirit yeah. of like practicing. It's like, yeah, if that triggers you and it didn't work, like sit down and talk about it, like work it out, see like, okay, maybe we take this off the list and let's not do it that way. Right. Until, yeah. until we really get a chance to like collaborate and see like, these are all the really great things that do work. Yeah. And you know, the, the idea of play, that's really where we started. It was, it took us a year, um, so we would, in, you know, in the heat of passion, we would start talking situationals um, to see if it was something that turned us on or turned us off. And so it would be a fun way um, to kind of foreplay and, uh, you know, create this erotic um, set up for us. And so back and forth for a year, we wrote each other erotica to begin because we both didn't quite know to find the words to say it. Oh my um, God, I love you. <laughs> I love you. And then we would watch some things together and pick, oh, okay, this looks fun. Are you interested in this? And then, you know, when we were intimate, we would say, now, if there was a third or fourth person here, what would you be doing? What would they be doing? Oh, that's so exciting, you know? So we did, we, we created, instead of it always being such a um, uh, intense conversation, we mm -hmm. fun into it as well. Like, you know, you have to have a nice balance, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh my gosh, you are my absolute favorite. This is so fun. So again, like, I, I really like to emphasize, like, you know, maybe this isn't your story. Maybe you're neither she or I. Like, how can you identify in what we're saying something that you've longed for or desired that you've been putting off or avoiding? Like, how can you hear yourself in this? And what can you take on today to, like, have it go differently? And go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I love where you're heading with that because it's not for everybody and, and I'm not biased toward this way of living at all. Um, it was just what worked for me. And a lot of the times when I'm talking through 
with couples or individuals who find this attractive, when we just get together and do that role play, sometimes that is all that we need. Um, mm. And some, just like you said, talking it out uh, really hits that um, excitement factor. And mm -hmm. so a thing that I want to say is, just because you bring it to your your significant other or um, someone says it to you doesn't mean that it always has to be played out in reality, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and some things fantasy is just can only be done fantasy, you know, mm -hmm. I can't have sex on the moon as much as that would be fun to try, but <laughs> <laughs> an anti-gravity chamber. Yeah. <laughs> I love that too. And I'm also, you know, relationships have always been, um, not my Achilles heel, but something that I'm like ever so growing and expanding in and stretching myself and challenging myself. And it's like, it, okay, if talking is that thing that you haven't worked on yet, like, again, like hire a coach, go to a therapist, like acquire support in whatever medium or modality like resonates with you. And there's also like writing it out. You know, like writing how you feel, writing what's coming up, writing on a piece of paper, um, emailing, emailing it, you know, like it's acting it out. It, you know, it, there's no it's endless. You there's yeah. so many ways in which that we can use language or use um, movement to express ourselves. It's it's really. Yes, words work the best and you can, you know, meet yourself where you're at. Like if, if words seem so outlandish, like how can you just write it down? Yeah. How can you really meet yourself and, and, you know, find your edge and meet, like do it, try that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, then we could have talked about BDSM and we can talk about kink. I'm just like, oh man, do I have you on for another episode? Because this is also like, you know, I, I know that there's so many, um, so many ways in which that we can explore ourselves and explore yeah. our desires and, and, uh, and I want to empower people to whatever that looks like, like judgment aside, you mm -hmm. know, how can you really, um, get curious? Like, how can you really live a more fuller life? Um, not just in your profession, not just in your personal life, but also in the bedroom. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and you know, that's what I really love about what I get to do, um, is that there is an endless amount of learning and with every person that I come in contact with, I learn something new about myself and about my profession. And it is, I'm a continuing education all the time. Um, so it's, opening up and being it, 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 like first admitting those things to yourself and then accepting those things of yourself. And mm -hmm. trust me, there is someone, me, you, um, and then a partner, if you so choose that will foster that. Mm -hmm. I love that too. I really do. And I think that what that brings up for me too is like, Man, um, my my road for sexuality has been a rough one. I, I remember always having to have to be drunk in order to have sex. And it's mm -hmm. like, for the longest time, that was my story, right? And I really um, thought that was normal. 
you know, I thought that was like, oh, that's just what you do. Friday night, you get super drunk, then maybe not remember half the things until you start like seeing a therapist and you're like, oh, okay. Like maybe there's something that happened to me sexually as a kid, like, you know, and then you get sexually assaulted or I did. And it's like, now I don't trust men. Now I'm solely interested in women. Now I'm right. Like, and it's like, there's so many ways to look at the way you view sex and it doesn't have to be your permanent story. Like it doesn't have to be your permanent orientation. You don't always have to be drunk to have sex. You don't always have to lie there and take it. You don't always have to relate to it as a quick fix or a chore or a obligation, right? Like there's, had I not started that way, like I wouldn't have reached out for healing. Like I wouldn't have reached out for support. And in that I've created a completely night and day relationship to sex. And like, it's like, I ignored those cues for so long. And then finally it was like, look at these things, like heal them, work on them. And you, I was so blown away and how I actually got to find myself. And I really just like want to like emphasize that it's like, you know, maybe it started out rough. Maybe it's not been the greatest. Um, It's not reason to settle. It's not reason to give up on it. And like, maybe you're just with the wrong type of people, the wrong um, sexual, you know, preferences, or maybe you just have to heal that pieces of like those parts of you before you can actually access the things that you're interested in and, and the people that you want to engage with. And most importantly, it's like, for me, it was like, I really desired that mother or that daughter son, um, geez, mother (laughs) connection with my dad. Right. So like men were just it. And, you know, I was trying to find that in all men and then I didn't. So it's like, then when I get to create the relationship with my father that I always wanted, every relationship was great. Right. So it's like, please hear yourself in this somewhere and orient yourself to being the person that you want to be through like getting supported in one way or the other. And anything's possible. Educate yourself, find your tribe, do your personal work, have and practice conversations and really expect the ignorance when you do step outside of the box and you let go of society's, you know, beliefs that they've inflicted on you. Um, Erica, thank you so much for joining us. Again, we had Erica Forth. You can find her on sexuallectual on Instagram.com. Thank you for not yucking her yum. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we're definitely having you back on. Until next time, I'm Clarice Conte.